There is just nothing easy about being a Minnesota Vikings fan. I just, every single time they go up against the team that they should beat, or at least because of injuries or whatever, it's just never easy. I mean, you, you for instance, you take the game against the New Orleans Saints. Jameis Winston, Alvin Kamara uh, were both out. Mike Thomas, I believe, was also out. Like, just top to bottom, uh, you know, Marcus May, another guy that was out. Like, it was just... Holy cow. Uh, just, and finally, they, they, they win off of a double doink fa uh, miss by the Saints at the end there, but it's just it's frustrating. It's absolutely frustrating, but overall, uh, they were able to come out with a win. Um, and like I said, I, it's just it's never easy. But, you know, win is a win these days, and you really can't complain about it. But you, you can be a little bit, uh, you know, you can be a little bit annoyed at, at the very least. So anyway, we're talking about today uh, the matchup uh, between the Minnesota Vikings and New Orleans Saints in week four uh, in London. This one like started at like 8.30 or something like that. It was crazy. Um, I, I was not up at the time. Let's put it that way because uh, uh, church don't start till 10. So anywho, um, yeah, so uh, standouts and fizzouts. Welcome back to it uh, where we talk about standouts from the game. Also fizzouts because pop. We think it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. Uh, and yeah, um, we think that uh, you also, by the way, let us know what you guys drink in the comment section down below coke pepsi mountain dew don't matter let us know what you guys uh, drink because it's absolutely the best thing so i'm um, talking about the uh, the minnesota vikings um and the new orleans saints here i gotta be real with you this was um too close of a game that should not have been this close like it just it was it was frustrating uh but the vikings overall uh, did take down the saints 28 to 25 um and it was very interesting and we've got our own uh, uh standouts and fizz outs if you will so um for me there is so many standouts that I want to go through for both teams here, uh, but we will go ahead and we will start with uh, Justin Jefferson for the Vikings. Just, you know, a, a couple of back-to-back -back rough games, able to kind of, uh, uh, you know, uh, be able to come back and play the way that he did against good competition. Marshawn Lattimore is one of the best corners in the league. And, uh, yeah, uh, Justin Jefferson went for, what, 10 catches, a buck 47. Also had that three-yard rushing touchdown there. That was kind of a nail in the cover. That really got the Vikings back into it. Uh, you absolutely love to see it. Also another winner for me, Delvin Cook and Alexander Madison. Those two, um, you know, uh, we'll get to Kirk Cousins. Trust me, we will We will definitely get to Kirk Cousins. But, you know, Alexander Madison. Oh, I forgot to get that down there for you guys. Uh, Cook, Madison, both combined uh, for a total of 79 yards. But, you know, you, you might just ask me, you know, why do I put Alexander Madison in this list who had three carries for only three yards? But he had that huge 15-yard touchdown reception a great job by adam thielen and company getting out in front of that one but uh you're very excited uh and you're very happy with how the vikings were able to run the football it wasn't great at times but they got the job done uh also another standout for me adam thielen eight catches 72 yards really was a huge reason as to why the the vikings were able to sustain drives and do a lot of different things there you love to see it um stand out another one zadaria smith uh you know just continues to be the vikings pass rush at this point it's a little it's a little frustrating but it is what it is at this point um at the same time, you know, you, you realize that, uh, you know, uh, Delvin Tomlinson also got there. But overall, uh, Zadarius Smith, he's just been consistent. He's been getting pressure on the quarterback. Um, I, I need me some Daniil Hunter. We'll talk about him in just a second as well. But, um, you know, like I said, uh, you know, there's a lot of other uh, uh, standouts for me. Also, Cameron Dantzler had a strong game, a couple of nice uh, pass breakups there, including that long ball uh, that looked like it almost was going to be pass interference, but it wasn't. Uh, kudos to Dantzler for cleaning it up there. Special teams. You want to talk about... Uh, just a, such a pleasant su surprise here. I mean, special teams was such uh, great things for the Vikings. Like uh, Ryan Wright, Jalen Naylor, uh, was a Mike Daniels, uh, the, uh, the the coach for the Vikings special teams. Just fantastic all the way around. Able to just, from a play calling perspe uh, perspective, excuse me, from a 
execution perspective, it was fantastic, just top to bottom. I love the fact that they faked the punt. Uh, Jalen Naylor also got his very first catch in the NFL. It was just a very well executed and planned out day for special teams from top to bottom for the Vikings. Fizz outs, I want to start with the refs because, and I'm not even just talking about the refs that were calling those calls for the Vikings. It really came in down to the fact that there was, well, whether it was the, um, face, uh, hands to face, excuse me, calls, or whether it was any of those other calls in terms of, uh, you know, uh, I, 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 there was, a, there was another call that I couldn't quite remember that, that got called on both teams. But anyway, the hands to face calls were just, uh, they did not get any of those right. Not a single one. Uh, Kirk Cousins had it happen at least three or four times. Also on the other side of that, Ty Tyron Matthew, he had one call that was, I believe towards the end of the fourth quarter there. It was not great. It was not a great call and that should not have been called but it is what it is at this point, and uh, the Vikings definitely got away with one there, uh, as well as did the Saints, for that matter, uh, for a couple of different times there. But it is what it is. The refs just it wasn't great. It wasn't great. Uh, fizz, uh, fizz outs for the Vikings. Brian O'Neill, you had multiple multiple false false star penalties. Okay, you know what? It's, it's tough to hear in those stadiums. You're on the road, blah, 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 blah. False star penalties. You also allowed a sack. Ken Jordan completely just demolished Brian O'Neill. It is what it is at this point. It wasn't pretty. Uh, it just it wasn't pretty. And I, I it was it was tough watching against what was supposed to be one of the best right tackles in the game. But he did not have a very good game. We will call a spade a spade there. Johnny Mott dropped that pass on fourth and one. Not not great. Not great. Would have liked to have that one. I also would have liked to have the coaching decision to go forward on fourth and one. Run the football. Do whatever you got to do. Uh, multiple times, by the way. Um, defense uh it really got down to the point where ed donatel just did not get it done i don't understand what the, what the, the the philosophy is here uh having some of those corners sit back try to get pressure with three it doesn't work for me the defense has to step up in a lot of different ways there whether it's the run game or or from a, a, a pass a rush and a pass defense game just it's been bad. It's been very, very bad for the defense. You allow 25 points to the Saints, who are without their starting quarterback, receiver, and running back. Just wow. Wow. Uh, coaching decisions, like we talked about, uh, going forward on fourth and one. Field goals. You cannot win a game on field goals. It's the most oversaid thing in the entire NFL these days, and it's just, it wasn't great. Uh, Daniel Hunter. I'm putting out uh, an SOS or MIA uh, calling for Daniel Hunter right now because. You have not seen much of him through the first four games of the NFL season. Yes, could it be that he's uh, kind of getting acclimated to a new role with the team? Could it be that Zadarius Smith you know, has really hit the ground running? Yes, 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 yes. But we need more Daniel Hunter if we're going to be able to keep our sanity so far. Pass rush for the Vikings. Yes, I know Delvin Tomlinson got there, but Harrison Phillips, to me, has still not gotten it done. Like We've seen some good things from Phillips, but overall, I need more. I need this Vikings pass rush to just blow past uh, these offensive lines. They really need to get start getting after it. Um, and I really feel like this is just, I know that, again, it's only, you know, the fourth game of the NFL season, but it just it left a lot to be desired for me. But, you know, Greg Joseph, definitely another standout. Jalen Rager also had himself a very nice return there. Prayers up for Lewis Seen on that nice uh, punt return there. I, I really hope he gets back quickly. Kenny Nwangu also had a very nice kickoff return. I think it was like a 33-yarder, if I'm not mistaken. Ryan Wright, he's just a stud. I love Ryan Wright. I really do. Um, then the Saints, 
Standout to me was Andy Dalton because he's not the reason you lost. He's also not the reason you won. 20 of 28 for 236, a touchdown, no interceptions or anything like that. But he was a huge reason as to why the Saints were constantly in this one. I got nothing but uh, respect for Andy Dalton. Latavius Murray, L-Train, 11 carries, 57 yards, and a touchdown. Also, Taysom Hill, every time he comes into the game, just bad things seem to happen for the Vikings. It just... It wasn't great. It absolutely wasn't great. Also, Marquez Callaway um, really found a way to uh, – there was a couple catches he made that were huge. Uh, Chris Olave also caught his first touchdown. What was it, his first touchdown, whatever it was? But, you know, he's really established himself as being a, a number one wide receiving threat. You love to see it. Um, Adam Trotman, yeah, three catches, 37 yards, and all that good jazz, as well as uh, the rest. This offensive line, though, for the Saints was actually pretty good. Yes, there were a couple of, of those – sacks that the Vikings got, but overall, it was actually very solid. Uh, Tyron Matthew, that hands-to-face was not even close. I don't understand it. Uh, I believe also Adam Thielen might have gotten away with one there towards the end of the game. Tyron Matthew had that big interception from uh, for the Saints as the Vikings were marching. That was kind of low-key a huge interception because it really changed the tides and the momentum of that game. So that was absolutely a big play by Tyron Matthew there. Oh, we talked about Taysom Hill. Fizz-outs for the Saints because pop. Um, Marshawn Lattimore absolutely like just got his, his his lunch eaten. I think that was PFF that released it. I think that he allowed. I think it was um, something like I think there was targeted ten times, allowed seven catches for like ninety three yards or something like that. It was a rough game for Marshawn Lattimore. It is what it is. At the end of the day, Pete Warner was another guy that was constantly out of position when it came to um, guarding what running backs coming out of the backfield. It was rough. The pass rush for the Saints most most of the time you know was kind of suspect. They did get there. Did, get home a couple times but overall I did have my questions just in terms of uh, their ability to really ramp it up without the blitz without the blitz but overall I mean, the Vikings escaped one with one here a little bit shocking I, I couldn't believe it happened but overall the Saints escape with one uh, and, uh, and find a way to get it done so uh, but that's it that's our latest edition of standouts and fizz outs for the Minnesota Vikings versus New Orleans Saints matchup make sure you guys like and subscribe down below leave a like and a comment it helps people find the show we greatly appreciate all the support that we've gotten and continue to get you guys are all truthfully awesome we love every single one of you down in the description below you'll find all of our social media platforms so give us a like and a follow there also remember to give us a listen and sub on iTunes and finally if you have anything else you'd like to cover send us an email at the sportsbp at yahoo.com or put in the comment section down below and we would love to cover but also let us know what you guys drink in terms of pop coke mountain dew pepsi whatever it is diet dr fizz that you know the the, the off brand um what's the brand uh that's at walmart i can't even remember it off the top of my head uh, great value there it is but let us know what you guys uh drink and let us know what you guys think about our latest edition of standouts and fizz outs for the minnesota vikings versus new orleans saints matchup The AFC West is arguably one of the more stacked divisions in the NFL. I don't think there's really a debate for that. Now, one of the teams, the uh, the Las Vegas Raiders, they haven't taken care of business. I'll be real. As a Raiders fan, it's been rough to watch 0-3 star Josh McDaniels. The new era hasn't quite worked out. But I think that anytime you're trying to incorporate a new culture, a, a new team mindset, uh, and accountability, I think that it takes time. Obviously, it takes time. But... 
Listen, you're going up against uh, right now uh, the best team in the division, or arguably uh, at least record-wise, in the Denver Broncos uh, for a game that starts at 2:25 uh, p.m. I believe that is a Mountain here in South Dakota, if I'm not mistaken. So if you guys uh, do have a different time zone, uh, make sure you guys pay attention to that. But it's 2:25 uh, p.m. Mountain time. But you know you got the two and one Broncos against the zero uh, and three uh, Las Vegas Raiders, and I do think that there's a lot of different things you're going to want to watch out for in this uh, type of game. And I think obviously yes, you've got both teams that are in the AFC West are that are both tough. Uh, you know, I don't think that um, you can be in this division and not take a look uh, at both of these offenses and think that this isn't going to be fun. Now, I will say, yes, the Broncos, it's been a little rough. The question, number one thing you're probably going to want to look out for is how are they going to get that offense rolling with Russell Wilson? Um, I think it's kind of one of those things where he is a guy that uh, is going to continually get better as the season wears on. Uh, but there also is, hey, is he starting to backtrack a little bit? I don't personally think so. I think the fact that, you know, uh, you got a new head coach in Nathaniel Hackett, you got a new, uh, really a new team uh, in a new team direction with Russell Wilson. So two teams in kind of a similar boat, first year head coaches, yes, trying to establish themselves, uh, especially offensively uh, for both teams. So, you know, yes, on one hand, you've got Nathaniel Hackett, Russell Wilson, and all those weapons as well to have uh, to help support him. But we've also seen some issues with this Broncos offensive line. Now, arguably, uh, the, the Raiders offensive line has faced a little bit more uh, adversity, you know, uh, whether it's Lester Carton Sr. going out. I know I have to uh, uh, bump Jermaine Illuminar up to that right guard and Thayer Munford up to right tackle, but you guys get the drift. This is uh, definitely something you want to watch, you know, and, and a big question to me is really how are these two offenses, you know, which offense is going to take off first? You know, uh, I think the Raiders, they've been, they've been chomping at the bit, A, for that first win, and B, for this offense to play up to its potential. You've got Devontae Adams. You've got uh, guys like Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, uh, Josh Jacobs. There's so many different weapons in this offense. The question is, you know, when uh, are they going to be able to click on full cylinders? And it's the same thing for the Broncos. Yes, they've won uh, two out of three games to start off the season, but, you know, this offense, it hasn't quite gotten on track that you would like to, would like to see it because it does have a lot of weapons just like the Raiders do, but overall, this is going to be a great game offensively to see which team gets on track first. Again, all these weapons, which team gets on track first. And defensively, yes, um, the Raiders have, what, two sacks because of Max Crosby? Yeah, it ain't pretty. Or, or they uh, might even have less sacks than that, to be honest with you, because this pass rush for the Raiders has not gotten after it, whether it's Bilal Nichols, the new uh, addition in the offseason, or Chandler Jones, also uh, the signing in the offseason. So, not uh, hasn't been going great. I think there needs to be more of an incorporation of uh, using guys like Malcolm Kuntz as well as Tashawn Bauer uh, and really get them on the football field with, with Max Crosby and company, because if... Chandler Jones isn't getting the job done. For the love of God, stop putting him out there. Put Malcolm Kuntz out there, or at least try Chandler Jones on the inside. Maybe he's got a little bit of quickness left. You know, try something. But if it ain't working, you got to try something different. Uh, you know, defensively, as far as linebackers go for the Raiders, you know, I think the biggest thing you're probably going to watch out for is can they stop the run? Uh, can they get after the passer? Um, and can they create more turnovers? That's the, the deal with the Raiders here. That's really what you want to see with them. You know, we've seen some good things out of Nate Hobbs. He's one of the highest graded corners, according to PFF. He needs to stay on the field all the time, um, and I think that he's going to be a huge X factor in this game, and I believe he's going to play as well. So, and then you go over to the Broncos side of things. Their defense is nasty, just absolute nasty. Uh, I've really liked how Caden Stearns has stepped up. Um, you know, I felt like he's been a player that a lot of people either forgot about it uh, uh, since his time at Texas, or they just, you know, slept on this man. But he's an absolute stud, former fifth round pick. Uh, did have a 51.2 PFF grade last week, or so far on the season, excuse me. Not amazing, but he is good enough to get the job done. And I think he can do a lot of different things for this Broncos defense. And then, yes, the pass rushers. 
Dramont Jones as well as DJ Jones, hey Jones and Jones, um, uh, as well as Bradley Chubb, Randy Gregory, like they are deep at edge rusher. Pat Sertain is one of the best corners in the entire NFL, and he's going to continue to be a, just a huge nuisance. I would like to see them incorporate more of Nick Benito just to see what they can do to keep some of these pass rushers fresh, especially as the season wears on. But yes, they've got solid linebackers. Their defensive line gets after it, and their uh, their secondary is definitely underrated. So the Raiders' offense will be in for an interesting one, and uh, you know it'll be interesting to see how the Raiders offense does come out of this one. So again, uh, the biggest things to take away from here is how are both offenses going to be able to take off? Will the Raiders finally, finally, finally feed Devontae Adams and company and get them to scoring the points uh, and playing like we know that they can? And then on the flip side, the Broncos offensively, again, you got all those weapons. What will happen? Will you Can both teams establish the run? I would just like, I would like either team to be able to run them for over 150 yards and that way you can kind of uh, dictate and incorporate different offensive looks and schemes. And so, and and then, yes, defensively, clearly, I think you definitely give the edge here to the Broncos. Um, you know, and as far as the Raiders go, get to the pass rusher, stop the run, uh, and uh, create some turn turnovers. That's definitely going to be the key. And can they finally get on track? But let us know what you guys think. Make sure you guys like and subscribe down below. Leave a like and a comment. It helps people find the show. We greatly appreciate all the support that we've gotten and continue to get. You guys are all truthfully awesome. We love every single one of you. Down in the description below, you'll find all of our social media platforms. So give us a like and a follow there. Also, remember to give us a listen and sub on iTunes. And finally, if you have anything else you'd like to cover, send us an email at thesportsbp at yahoo.com or put in the comment section down below and we would love to cover it. But at the end of the day, let us know what you, uh, let us know what you guys think of our week four preview for the Las Vegas Raiders versus the Denver Broncos. The Philadelphia Eagles are sitting pretty. There's just no way around it. They have played lights out. Lights out. And a big reason is because of Jalen Hurts. Now, I will admit when I'm wrong, I was one of those people that had, uh, that had thought that he just wasn't able to get it done, uh, and he wasn't. I, I questioned if his talent in terms of throwing the football was enough to lead a team. And uh, yes, I was absolutely wrong. According to NFL uh, via Twitter, uh, the Eagles' offense has been rolling on their way to a four and zero start here. Uh, as we, uh, oh, uh, there we go. Editing is always tough. Okay, so uh, there we go. So you'll see here through uh, the first four weeks uh, in terms of yards, you know, uh, four fifty five, forty six against my Vikings. Not great, not great, but it is what it is, and you're happy for uh, the Eagles as they have gotten it done, and they've done a lot of great things offensively. That makes you take a second look, absolutely, and I, I have to give all the credit back here to a guy like Jalen Hurts. Nick Cerrone has done a great job coaching, and uh, they just seem like a top unit. Like They seem really ready to continue to take over the NFC East and do a lot of different things there. So we will also take a look at Jalen Hurts, who in my mind, Jalen Hurts is probably one of the more underrated players right now. Uh, you, you'll take a look here. You know, he's leading the way in terms of passing there for the team. Um, does have uh, complete or completes about 66.6% .6 of his passes, 0.7, whatever. The whole two-thirds, whatever you want to call it, has four touchdowns against two interceptions throwing the football. Because of his ability and because of what it looks like in terms of him being able to expand his ability to throw the football, it hasn't been fair. It has absolutely not been fair. And then you go over to running the football with Miles Sanders, Jalen Hurts, who had a bit, uh, Miles Sanders, by the way, had a big game, uh, you know, yesterday. He he deserves a lot of credit. Both of those guys have combined for over 500 yards rushing through the first four weeks and seven touchdowns. It's been huge. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell as well has a couple touchdowns this year as well as Boston Scott. So they can run the football. The question was, can they pass that? Well, A.J. Brown and company definitely will be part of that debate. Uh, A.J. Brown, 25 catches, 404 yards and a touchdown. 
touchdown. Devonta Smith has 18 for 266 and one Teddy Dallas Goddard is just a stud. Represents South Dakota. You gotta love it. But so now the question becomes, what's next for the Philadelphia Eagles? You are four and zero and looking pretty tough to beat right now. Like they are looking like a top team in the NFL, and there's no debate in my mind, especially you know. And as some might even I know what some other people are gonna say. The regular season, oh, you beat the Lions. Uh, yeah, they did by a field goal, but then they just whooped up on the Vikings. I know it says 24 to seven, but it was not that close. Then the Commanders definitely uh, they, they took they took care of the Commanders as well. And then the Jaguars are low key kind of an explosive team. Like we've touched on it, they are a team that they got a lot of young talent, and they might take the NFL by surprise a little bit here. Now they play the Arizona Cardinals before they play at home against the Dallas Cowboys at Lincoln Financial Field, and then they go into the bye. If they go into the bye at six and zero. This is going to be a tough team. This is going to be an absolute tough team. Then they play the Steelers, and they are the Steelers are whatever at this point with Kenny Pickett and company. Three interceptions in in, in his uh, rookie debut, not great. At the Houston Texans, that's a very winnable game. The Washington Commanders, they already took care of business there. The Colts, I don't know. They're kind of a toss-up right now. The Packers as well. I mean, the Packers, uh, they're probably one of the more competitive teams uh, in the NFC North right now. They weren't fraudulent like the, like the Vikings in Week 2. So it is what it is, but i got to be honest with you. The Philadelphia Eagles are looking like the top team in the NFC, and if the first four weeks or month, if you want to be a little more technical or any indication, I think that they're going to continue being uh, huge threats in the NFC. I think they're ready to finally take it over because Jalen Hurts has taken the steps forward as a passer. He's a dangerous leader for this team, and I really do think that they rally around him. Uh, and then Defensively as well, guys like Jordan Davis and company, N'Kobe Dean, all that. Jordan Davis is a stud. Has an over, what, an 80-point OPFF grade right now. Like, he's not lighting it up in terms of the stat sheet, but the fact, I don't know why I'm holding the highlight here, but the fact remains that this man, he takes up double teams. He's an absolute force in the middle. And the defense, it's just on a playing on a whole nother level right now. But let us know what you guys think. Make sure you guys like and subscribe down below. Leave a like and a comment. It helps people find the show. Uh, in the description down below, you'll find all of our social media platforms. So give us a like and a follow there. Also, remember to give us a listen and sub on iTunes. And finally, if you have anything else you'd like to cover, send us an email at thesportsbp at yahoo.com or put it in the comment section down below and we would love to cover it. But let us know what you guys think about the Philadelphia Eagles taking over the NFC. There's only so many things that a good quarterback can do. And for a guy like Daniel Jones, it's tough. Like, this guy, to me, is actually a very talented player. Like, if you turn on any amount of tape on Daniel Jones... I think you'd be kind of impressed with what you see. Like this guy, he's got a good arm. Uh, he can fit it in tight windows when he has to. Uh, he can also run very well, by the way, even though when he's not getting tripped up. I'm sorry, I had to mention the trip from last year. It's kind of funny. It's kind of funny. But uh, but after that, he's actually a very talented player, but it's also kind of one of those things where his team hasn't helped him out much. And we saw it against the Cowboys. What was it, Monday night? It was just... Man, 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 man. ESPN stats and info. Daniel Jones has been pressured 23 times tonight. So far, the most in a game by a Giants quarterback since ESPN began tracking pressures in 2009. It's also the most any quarterback has been pressured in a game this season. Now, I get it. I get it. You want to be able to, uh, you want to have accountability. You want to be able to put the blame where it needs to be. And I agree with that. Absolutely. 125.9%. However, I don't think any of that blame belongs uh, in uh, or in the favor or the ball is not in the court of Daniel Jones. Like this man, 
It's it's absolutely a travesty of what he's had to endure through his entire career. Now, again, is, has he been perfect? No. I think that interception thrown to, what was it, Trevon Diggs there at the end, that was kind of a catastrophe. Like, I, I, I don't know what exactly what the problem was there, but for the most part, this game wasn't on him. From the first snap, this guy was pressured. And you would think, with some of these guys helping him out, Saquon uh, running the football had some, you know, had some really good highlights there. Um, you know, Kenny Galladay, it was just, I, I yeah, what was I saw the stat that Trevon Diggs caught more passes than him. It is what it is at this point. Uh, after that, Wandale Robinson, Kandarius Tony, like I just, he needs him to get back. Like nobody can catch the football, nobody can block. Um, you know, I, Evan Neal has been a complete disaster at this point. Like I know, you know, rookie growing pains are a thing, but he's allowed multiple sacks every single time he needs a quarter or a tight end to chip, excuse me, or a running back to be on his side as a strength and help in pass blocking situations. It's just, it's not pretty. And again, I understand you want to have accountability, but do not put any of that on Daniel Jones because I, I think if you want to honestly evaluate a player with his talent with his ability I think you have to take a look at the whole grand scheme of things Brian Dable is actually making this team going in the right direction in so many different ways this team it does have a little bit of a different chip on its shoulder like it's different like when you talk about if you would have told me that the New York Giants would start out 2-0 same thing as the Eagles and Dolphins I probably would have asked what you were smoking but the fact that Daniel Jones uh, and company were able to start out 2-0 uh, and, and do their things this was this was a really impressive thing for these two uh, for uh, the uh, New York Giants, excuse me. So the Giants, they have a long way to go. I'm not going to lie. I think that, you know, you got to keep getting better. That offensive line, please, any amount of protection would be great. I, I think that Daniel Jones, if he can get at least half a second back there, I think he could do some good things, and we saw it. We saw it to a degree. Now, I would like to see more of a downfield passing attack. I think that comes with weapons. I think that comes with a lot of different things, play calling, and it's, it's hard to have a downfield passing attack when, you know, you have half a second to throw the football. So, you know, even look at the, the good quarterbacks in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers has had a very good offensive line in in, in, in the past. Like, it's, it's been a little rough in week one. It's gotten better and everything. But Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, they all have above average or at least average offensive lines. Daniel Jones' offensive line, I would probably at this point rather take, you know, uh, the blocking shed, like the blocking dummies you have, uh, rather than like this offensive line. It's not been good. It has not been good. But that doesn't mean that it's not going to get better. That doesn't mean that Brian Dable and company aren't going to get this right because you saw, you saw it absolutely what can happen when you go up against a top-notch defensive line, and it just, it was rough all night long. But I, I'm not ready to give up. I don't think Daniel Jones is the problem in New York. I think you got to exercise just a little bit more patience if you're going to evaluate him uh, and his play moving forward. But let us know what you guys think. Make sure you guys like and subscribe down below. Leave a like and a comment. It helps people find the show. We greatly appreciate all the support uh, that we've gotten and continue to get. You guys are all truthfully awesome. We love every single one of you. Also down in the description, you'll find all of our social media platforms. So give us a like and a follow there. Also remember to give us a listen and sub on iTunes. And finally, if you have anything else you'd like us to cover, send us an email at the thesportsbpi.com. <laughs> at yahoo.com or put in the comment section down below and we would love to cover it. But let us know what you guys think about Daniel Jones not, not being the problem in New York. Every once in a while, there's a player that comes in that you can just take a look at and know that they're going to be pretty special. And to, for me, I'm not going to lie, it took me a little bit to kind of see it with uh, Colts rookie Titan Jelani Woods, uh, but... One thing is for certain, after uh, watching a little bit of college tape, doing some of the research, uh, and uh, doing my homework this time, yeah, he's got to be a major problem. And we saw glimpses of, uh, glimpses of it uh, in the Indianapolis Colts 20-17 to or whatever it was win over the Kansas City Chiefs. And, you know, he's one of those guys that he's got everything you want. We'll start with a quick background, though. So, uh... 
formerly, formerly of Virginia, uh, played tight end there his senior year, caught 44 passes for 598 yards and eight touchdowns. You'll see that was right after he switched from wide receiver to tight end. There's a reason for that. This dude's a monster. Uh, and then we saw, like we kind of alluded to before, though, had two catches uh, for two touchdowns uh, against. All he does is catch, catch touchdowns. You got to love it. got to love it against the Chiefs. He's just a Mitch, uh, Mitz. Wow. Is it mixed match? No, mismatch nightmare. Good. You guys get the point. Look at his RAS score. This dude's a perfect 10. He's literally a 10. Like, we're not even just talking about, like, you know, uh, you know, uh, you looking at your wife, like, supermodel hot. Like, this is just a dude 10 in terms of, you know, his ability to catch the football or, his, or excuse me, his athleticism. We'll, we'll talk about that in a second. But 9.5-inch uh, hands, 34.5-inch arms, uh, as well as 6'7". No, I'm not making that up. 6'7", 250 pounds, uh, bench-pressed 225, 24 times. Yes, yes, absolutely. Also, you know, uh, just elite uh, in every single category the broad jump the vertical everything also ran a four six which is nuts uh yeah just this dude is just an absolute freak like he could literally play any any position he wanted to if you want to try him out at tight end or, or excuse me a defensive end it would probably work like this man is that uh, talented that he could literally play whatever you want him to play and you know uh, again we saw glimpses of it like i mentioned uh when the colts played uh, the kansas city chiefs and i'm going to show you a video here this is courtesy of pat mcafee you gotta love pat mcafee so you'll see here yeah it's just just watching it real time was just wild just you know the like just look at the defender drip all over him it just wasn't even close like uh kind of the same thing he was kind of left on the on an island uh for a one yard touchdown catch earlier in the game but this is what called the game again uh courtesy of pat mcafee you gotta love pat mcafee but you know if you just watch any amount of tape uh you know just when you look at the ras score his size his speed his ability to catch the football he's just a special player and it's only just a matter of time i picked him up on fantasy because i do think that it's only just a matter of time before he becomes a huge target in Indianapolis um, you know he can pass block he can do all the different things you want him to do and there's a reason this man was a former third round pick like you know he's got all the, the tools that you want I think just a little bit of coaching up uh, really only one year of playing tight end but he's, he's picking it up really quickly I think he can do a lot of different things and be a very special player for the Indianapolis Colts but let us know what you guys think and make sure you guys like and subscribe down below leave a like and a comment it helps people find the show we greatly appreciate all the support that we've gotten and continue to get you guys are all truly awesome we love every single one of you down in the description below, you'll find all of our social media platforms. So give us a like and a follow there. Also, remember to give us a listen and sub on iTunes. And finally, if you have anything else you'd like to cover, send us an email at thesportsbp at yahoo.com or put in the comment section down below, and we would love to cover it. But let us know what you guys think about the Indianapolis Colts tight end rookie phenom, eh? Johnny Woods, who's going to be a major problem for NFL defenses.